Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World. Today, we will discuss what you need to know about God and your truth. I'm sure when discussing a moral issue with someone that we have all heard the phrase, your truth may not be my truth. But I recently noticed it's been a while since I've heard such phrases and these phrases seem to have disappeared from our conversation. It's a known fact that liberals are the dictators of political correctness, but now there is no more mention of this notion of my truth versus your truth, and this indicates that they have deliberately abandoned the idea that everyone has and is entitled to their own personal truth. Instead, a new type of discourse has evolved in our culture. So I want to analyze this phenomenon, reveal this new discourse, and then discuss what God's Word says about truth. To analyze this phenomenon, we must go back to the time when it was common for people to believe in absolute truth and moral absolutes that made clear distinctions between right and wrong behavior according to God's word. Well, liberals objected to this idea of a transcendent standard of laws and code of living that applied to all people, so they began to attack this idea by claiming that its proponents forced their beliefs on others. And as they attacked this concept of moral absolutes, they simultaneously began to replace it with the concept of every person having their own personal truth, hence the terms, my truth versus your truth. And whenever you confronted anyone with the idea that something they were doing was morally wrong, their unabashed reply was, it might be wrong for you, but not for me. Fast forward to today, and you no longer hear the words moral absolutes. So it does appear that liberals have been virtually successful in eliminating this idea from our conversation and culture. But what you also no longer hear are the terms my truth versus your truth. And this complete abandonment of this concept by liberals is baffling. But here is what I have observed as I unravel this conundrum. And it is all what we are witnessing and experiencing in this present day. These days, whenever you try to have a discussion with anyone of an opposing view, they no longer say, my truth is not your truth. Instead, they begin to label, ridicule, and call your names and try to delegitimize your position by demonizing you. Just try to have a discussion and hold an alternative view to the culture at large. They will call you racist, xenophobic, homophobic, etc., rather than engaging you in a dialogue. So you have to say, wait a minute, what happened to my truth versus your truth? Well, they're not called liberal progressives for nothing because they keep changing the rules to always benefit them and their goal of tailoring the country, culture, and society to their whims. And now we are at the stage where any idea that is contrary to what they dictate and believe is labeled an anomaly, immoral, evil, and has no merit and should not even be voiced. And furthermore, you and your argument must be destroyed. In other words, what progressives have done now is to practically say that there is only one truth, which is whatever they espouse and disseminate as truth, and every other argument of view that does not agree with their perspective is deemed hateful and deserves to be completely silenced. This is the new discourse that has evolved in our culture, and we should all be concerned because they are even trying to silence biblical truths and label it hate speech. Today, even big tech is censoring what we call biblical truths and are calling it hate speech. In essence, 
progressives are ostracizing biblical and mainstream views and demanding universal conformity to whatever they espouse with the intent of controlling your thoughts and not allowing you to think individually for yourself. And it's all to gain more and more power and control over the lives of people. Thus, tolerance has gone out of the window. This is so true, and yet it's such a tragedy. But wait a minute. Where was the church when this was happening? When the culture and the world were rearranging and attacking the concept of moral absolute truth and are now threatening to change the structure of the country? Apparently, many of us were spectators and or asleep. And we missed a huge opportunity to uphold and continue to infuse and flood the culture with the gospel of Christ and biblical core values. Thus, we have handed massive victories to liberals by relinquishing the public arena, our government, universities, our educational school systems, etc. to them. And they have now created a pervasive atmosphere that is hostile to truth, diverse opinions, biblical morals, and religion. And I know people say, what's the use? Because it's supposed to be this way in the last days. But here is what I say. The culture is a reflection of the activity or inactivity of the church. Therefore, cultural disintegration does not have to happen on our watch. And if the church continues to remain on the sideline, then godlessness will surely continue to reign. But that's no longer an option because there is always too much at stake. Instead, we must engage the culture, not treating them as enemies, but challenging them with the agape love of Christ and his word. So let's talk about what is at stake. First, the souls of people are at stake. Christ is concerned about people perishing, and he sees the people as souls in need of salvation. And that is the perspective that we need. We need a strong desire to take the gospel to the lost in this generation because only the gospel can transform the minds and hearts of people and turn them from their wicked ways. Then we'll see racism, abortions, sexual perversions, and all deviance begin to wane. But it starts with giving people the gospel. So we must come out of our comfort zone, our church buildings, and just Christian television and radio and take the gospel to the streets and airways of the secular culture at large. We must be like Jesus and the disciples, who not only went into the synagogue with the message, but also into the broader culture and into the streets. But there is much more at stake. Because when we remain on the sidelines, not only are souls lost and the culture deteriorating into darkness and wickedness metastasized, but the world also becomes more and more dangerous and unstable. Now, sure, there's always been instability in societies, but instability is maximized when the culture is more ungodly and wicked. And ungodliness has increased over the years. Consequently, we have seen more and more instability and turbulence in our world and society. And one reason I think the church is lax about engaging the culture is because we think we are immune and safe to the deeds of the wicked. We tend to think they alone will feel the repercussions of their wickedness. So we say, well, I'm not the one committing an abortion, so what they do won't affect me. But that is a misconception. Because when there is widespread wickedness, it doesn't matter who is performing the evil, there are always widespread repercussions from God. 
Case in point is this pandemic we are all experiencing today. Every person in this world is affected by it and the church is not excluded from it. Now, things will never be perfect until Christ comes. But the Bible says in Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Therefore, as the body of Christ, if we want a more blessed nation that is prone to be more stable, then we need to recalibrate our thinking, realize that we, not the culture, must be setting the standard for living in our communities, nation, and our world. And that requires us to be actively engaged within the culture. And historically, the church has always been the catalyst that has produced change in society. Historically, it's always been Christians at the forefront who confronted evils in society. It was Christians who spoke out and terminated murderous gladiatorial exercises in ancient societies and who inspired freedom and the revolutionary war against Britain, the abolition of slavery, the Protestant Reformation, and virtually every major turning point or inflection point in our history. It was the rise of Christianity that brought civility and morality into the whole known world. And without Christianity, there would be no civility and no morality. But these Christians took action in their culture and brought about and produced needed change during their lifetime. And that's what's required of us in this hour. Because do you know what else is at stake in this hour? Truth is at stake. As we know today, we are living in an age when people are calling good evil and evil good and truth lies and lies truth. And there are blurred lines of distinction between the two. But you need to be able to discern the difference, else you will be deceived. Because there are people out there peddling wickedness, including those in government, and telling you that it is good for us. And the way you discern lies from truth and evil from good is not by how appealing it sounds, but by comparing it to the word of God. So rather than asking, is this a good idea? Instead, we must ask, is it a godly idea or does it contradict God's word? That way, you will not be confused when they say women's right to choose, allow children to choose their sex, or allow alternatives to traditional marriage, all of which they claim are good ideas, but they are all contrary to God's word of protecting life sexual purity, and the sanctity of marriage. Therefore, truth is compatible with God's word, and the church must be more vigilant and aggressive and active in countering and confronting issues going on in our everyday culture and lives as they arise, and in standing up for God's truth. You see, liberals oppose moral absolutes, which is God's word and the basis for morality. Therefore, they have no moral compass. So they have a skewed morality and a feigned morality to give the appearance of being moral. And since God's word is not their guide, they create causes that sound appealing to the masses, regardless as to whether it violates God's word or not. Hence, they will always be dabbling in falsehoods and lies. And we, the church, must continually confront these deceptions. Therefore, we are in a perpetual war to preserve truth. And so we must always and perpetually be actively engaged in the culture to present God's truth. 
So I want to conclude by telling you what God's word has to say about truth. First of all, truth is not subjective. There's no such thing as my truth versus your truth. You can have your own opinion, but not your own truth. The Bible declares that truth comes from the transcendent almighty God of the Bible who establishes absolutes in his word. John 17, 17, Jesus said, the word of God is truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Ephesians 4, 21 says, the truth is in Jesus. There is a transcendent standard and moral code that applies from culture to culture and from one time frame to another. It is true today and it will be true 10,000 years from today because truth is objective and not subjective. It's like math and science. Two plus two is four and water is wet no matter what culture or what time frame you live in. And they are true whether you believe it or not or like it or not and exist whether you want it to or not. It's the same with God's word. It is true regardless to what you believe or even establish as law or enforce in our culture. And it is God and his word and not man that set the boundaries and determines truth and moral absolutes. And because he holds all of us accountable to these moral absolutes, they are universal and encoded within all of mankind. This is one primary way we know that moral absolutes exist, and that is by our own conscience. Our conscience bears witness that there are absolutes and higher rules that apply to all. Let's say you're standing in a line and someone cuts in front of you. You quickly become incensed and insist that they go to the back of the line. You don't want to hear, my truth is I can step in line wherever I want. Or if someone broke into your house and stole from you, you're not going to entertain their suggestion that my truth says that I can take anything I want from you. No, you're going to take them to court and insist they be held accountable. And this is true whether you're in Bangladesh or America, and whether you were born today or a thousand years ago. Yes, absolute truth does exist. There are things that are always wrong and always right, and it is found only in God's Word. God has already communicated His non-negotiable moral codes that cannot be manipulated and that have applied to all men from the beginning of the ages till now. So God doesn't care how woke your culture is. He wants to awaken us to his truth and his immutable word that does not change. Finally, to all who have ears to hear, we must understand that we are engaged in spiritual warfare, not warring against flesh and blood, but against demonic spirits working through men. If we surrender, we are allowing the enemy, Satan, to win the battles because you cannot win a war that you refuse to fight in. But I suggest to you that the souls of people, a godly nation, stability in our world, and God's truth are worth fighting for. So let's not cede any more territory to the enemy, Satan. Let's get on the battlefield for the Lord Jesus Christ and take the gospel into every sphere of our society and world with the full assurance that Christ will grant us the victory. Amen.